First Peter chapter 1 is obedient children not fashioning ourselves according to our former lusts in our ignorance. But as he who has called us is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of life. For it's written, be ye holy, for I am holy. First Peter chapter 1. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's found in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5. And it reminds us that we together have a responsibility because of who we are. We mentioned that earlier out of verse 9, didn't we? Living stones. And the living stones that we have are the body of Christ. I'm thankful for living stones. I am thankful for our students who minister and share. I'm thankful for those who care for little ones, aren't you? Isn't that a sweet picture? I'm thankful for those who smile and greet and are part of our church family. I'm thankful for those who study and are growing and developing and being challenged and changed and conformed to the character of Jesus Christ. Aren't you? I am so thankful for the living stones that we have here at Calvary Baptist Church. Now this morning we are going to start with the last verse of chapter 1 and move into chapter 2. And I have given you an outline for 1 Peter and I just want to remind you of that outline. Chapter 1 talks about suffering proves our faith. Chapter 2 talks about having a testimony like Christ and we'll talk about that just a bit this morning. Others are watching in chapter 3, chapter 4, nothing else but God, chapter 5, Elders are to serve humbly, and at the end of the book, we are told to stand firm in our faith. This morning, we're going to move to chapter 2, and we are going to see that our testimony is to be like Christ. I want you to note in chapter 2, verse 21, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Underline, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Our testimony is to be like Christ. John puts it this way in 1 John chapter 2. He that says he abides in him, Christ, ought himself also to walk, even as Christ walked. Matthew's gospel says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, but Glorify your Father which is in heaven so that you might example Jesus Christ. And so our lives are to be such that our testimony, the word that we preach from our lives, the evidence that is given from our lives is like Jesus. An example that we should follow in his steps. Now I'm the kind of guy who really likes to have things outlined for me. I like to plan my work and work my plan. I like to have it all laid out because I have learned that you don't plan to fail, you fail to plan. And many times that is true in our Christian lives. We, we just fail to plan what to do next. 
Yesterday morning, we had a great time with our leadership, with our deacons, as we look at next steps for Calvary Baptist Church. And, and, and it's just great. I am so thankful for these men who are building into my life and who are building into your lives. And I trust that you know who your deacon is. And I, and I trust that you involve yourself with your care group and with your deacon and, and share together. But going around the table talking about prayer requests, I asked one of the, the gentlemen how things going at work because I knew that he had been talking about getting another job. And he said, well, he said, I don't know if it's I'm just comfortable with what I'm doing right now and things are pretty much the way things are and that's okay and I'm willing to live with it the way it is. I said, you know, that sounds like a lot of Christians. We're just kind of comfortable with the way things are. And we've learned to live with things the way they are. And we just don't have any incentive to make much of a change. Because okay is okay and it's okay. But in our Christian lives, we need to have a plan. Otherwise, we will fail. Now, i got a couple of plans in my life. One of them's a 21-day fix. I didn't realize I was broken until my son said, Dad, you need to get a 21-day fix. I said, what's that? He said, it's from Beachbody. How am I doing? You laugh. You scoff. But what it is, it's a diet plan that every day, I, I looked at it, and it's great because it not only gives you three meals, it gives you snacks. Huh? Didn't that sound good until I found out what the snacks could be? Baby carrots. Half an apple. 21-day fix. There, there's another plan that is out there, and, and, and it's a good plan. It, it's called the Daniel Plan. And it's 40 days to a healthier life. Uh, by the way, this is written by Christians. One of the authors you will know is Rick Warren. And we are going to offer this here at Calvary Baptist Church, so here's a little bit of a commercial. If you're interested in 40 days to a healthier life, stay tuned. But it is a plan. And, and looking at the internet, you can find a lot of plans. I found this, four, paths to, four habits of happiness. And this is good stuff. This is Christian stuff, okay? Habit number one is shift the focus away from yourself. Habit number two is become someone that people will trust. Habit number three is learn how to work well with others. That's good. Learn how to play in your own sandbox with others. And habit number four is live for something worth dying for. That, that's pretty good stuff, isn't it? If you don't have a plan... If you don't have it outlined, you're probably not going to do it. I told you yesterday I got home. I didn't tell you I got home. I did get home eventually. Yesterday morning we met as, as deacons and I left from here and, and went to the gym and I got home and I didn't have a plan and so I didn't do much of anything. Watch golf. The good news was the Tigers didn't come on until late so I didn't have to watch them lose. Did they lose? Okay. This morning, I want us to get a plan. 
And I want to look at a four-part plan that's going to help us to be like Jesus. It's very simple, but it needs to be part of our lives. Part one is found in the last verse of chapter one. Are you there? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25. But the word of God remains forever, and this word is the good news, the gospel that was preached to you. Part number one of the plan that God has for our lives is to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be born again into the family of God. Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3 that the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Christ sent his son to die for our sins so that we might have a relationship with God. If you were here during the ABF time, Larry Allen took us through Genesis chapter 3, 4, and 5, and we looked at individuals who give to us some understanding of how we are to relate with God. Adam and Eve, Cain, Enoch. Adam and Eve had a relationship with God, but they violated that relationship. And ever since that time, you and I have been under the same condemnation of that violation, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And we understand, as Adam and Eve learned, that the wages of sin is death. There was a separation from God that was spiritual God. And as you read Genesis chapter 5, Adam died. 930 years later, he died. That was physical death. But there's good news. And that's the gospel, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Amen? Does that excite you this morning? Does the good news of the gospel encourage you today? Have you trusted Christ as personal Savior? Have you been born again in the family of God? I trust that. As to, if that has not taken place in your life or you're not sure, that if you were to die today, heaven would be your home. Will you talk to me following this service, please? And allow me to take God's word and show you how you can be sure. God's plan to be like Jesus begins with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, the gospel changes everything. The gospel changes everything in our life. We have a new faith. We have a new life. We have a new master. We have a new home. We have a new focus. We have new goals. The gospel changes everything in our life. And that's good news. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new what? Creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. Amen? Isn't that great? I like new things. Don't you? Friday, we went down to visit my parents. And my dad is always sending stuff home with us. The problem, it's not new stuff. It's his old junk.
I wasn't sure what he was going to send home with us. I thought he was going to send home with me a snowblower. That's what he had told me. But we got down there, and he has a depression in his backyard that runs from fence to fence, and it was full of water. So he didn't want to swim back to the shed to get the snowblower. I was thankful for that. But I am thankful that he makes all things new. Aren't you? The problem is that it doesn't seem to stay new in our lives. Huh? Right? You get a new car. And your first rule is no eating in the car, right? Why not? You don't make a mess. It's new, right? What happens in 12 or 18 months? McDonald's happens in 12 or 18 months, right? Huh? The problem is it doesn't stay new. The problem is spills become no big deal in our lives. And all of a sudden, we forget that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus and that our lives are to be different because of who we are. Remember what I said earlier today? It's not all about what we do. It's about who we are. And we have received the gospel and we have become children of God and we are now new creatures in Christ Jesus. That's who we are. Peter recognizes that and so he goes on. Verse 1 of chapter 2. So, because of that, it could even be therefore. Because of the gospel, because of the word of God in your life, because of the good news, because of who you are, so put away all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Repent from your sin. Now, what does repentance mean? Repentance is a change of direction. It has the idea of putting away, getting rid of it, throwing it out. I am convinced that when we left my parents' house, they had repented of a number of things in their lives. Because we brought it home. They're starting to turn in another direction and get rid of all their stuff. But for the child of God, for the new creature in Christ Jesus, the one whose life has been impacted with good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is a direction that we must go. And it involves repentance. And Peter here lists some things. He lists malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Jump down to verse 9, will you please? That's one of the verses we're learning. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which war against the soul. Keep your conduct 
Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Did you notice there there's a difference between those who have been saved and those who haven't? Those who are new creatures in Christ Jesus and those who aren't? Who you are? Abstain from the passions of the flesh? Now, what does Peter list here? He begins with malice. Malice. Evil. Wickedness. Maliciousness. Deceit. Guile. Baiting is in a snare. Hypocrisy. Two-facedness. Actors in a play. Envy. Ill will. Jealousy. Slander. Evil speaking. Backbiting. Now, I want you to note that each of these identities are completely contrary to the character of Christ. Did you note that? He was the one in whom was found no malice. There was no deceit in him. He was who he said he was, and he lived it out. No hypocrisy. He envied no one, and he never slandered. These qualities are completely anti-types of Jesus Christ. And if we are going to be like Jesus, we must repent from our sin. Now, which of us, no hands please, which of us, has not seen some of this in our lives. Been there, done that, right? And that's why Peter says, put it away. Keep your finger here in 1 Peter chapter 2 and turn back to Ephesians chapter 4. We've been to this passage of Scripture on recent occasions, but I want to remind you of it. Let me begin with verse 17, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of their heart. Now no, did you notice all of that? Darkened understanding, ignorant. Why? It's because of the hardness of their hearts. May I just stop right here? You know why a lot of believers continue to have these evidences in their lives? Hardness of heart, just like Gentiles. Verse 19, they become calloused, giving themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Amen? That's not the way you learned Christ. That wasn't what Jesus taught you. Looking at his life, that wasn't the example that he gave to us to follow. That wasn't his character. Verse 21, assuming that you have heard about him, 
like, yeah, the gospel, the good news. Assuming that you know it, and we're taught in him, why? The truth's in Jesus. To put off the old self. That's repent. Turn around, put it off, get rid of it. Why? Because it belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds, put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and too holy. You want to be like Jesus? We must repent from our sin. We must receive the gospel, but we must repent from our sin. Why? Because sin has devastating effects in our lives. You know we have an adversary. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know we have an, You know he's real today. Larry asked us during our ABF. How many of us are afraid of snakes? I hate snakes. Somebody told me that you can tell the difference between a poisonous, I'm sorry, a venomous is the correct word, venomous and non-venomous snake by the little heat indentations in their head. I ain't getting close enough to look. (laughs) I don't care. But apparently, Eve had no fear of the serpent, of snakes. Different deal. And when she was confronted by the snake, by the serpent, she didn't realize that he was an adversary. You and I need to know there's an adversary out there. We also need to understand that in our lives, that adversary has an advantage. Talks about the wiles of the devil. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. (laughs) Let me tell you something, he's tricky. You've been tricked. You, you, You ever thought and then rethought, and your rethought was better than your thought? but the rethought was too late? That ever happened to you? That, that, that's it. We, we have one, we battle against one who has an advantage in our lives. Now, God has given to us everything that we need for life and godliness. Amen? You believe that? Ephesians 5, and we'll not go there this morning, tells us to put on the whole armor of God, that we may be able to fight against the wiles of the devil. And we have the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, helmet of salvation, shield of faith, preparation of the gospel of peace on our feet, the sword of the spirit, which is the we, we have everything we need. But I want you to know, he's good at what he does. And the effect of all that is death. When Satan has his way in your life, it's deadly. Now you say, you're just making that up. No. 
Bible says. Turn to James chapter 2, will you please? James chapter 2. I'm sorry, James chapter 1. James chapter 1, let me begin with verse 19. Knowing this, my beloved brothers, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away, that's repent, put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Therefore, put it away. Why? Jump back, please, to verse 14. Because it comes from within inside of us. Every person is tempted when he is lured and enticed with his own desire. Then desire, when it is, has conceived, gives forth birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. You want to destroy a relationship? You want a relationship to die? Hmm? You want your world to fall apart as a believer? Hmm? It will affect you. It affects me. And I must repent, turn away. So where are we now? The gospel changes things, right? Amen? All right. The gospel changes things in our life, and to be like Jesus, we must put away sin. Back to 1 Peter chapter 2. How do we do that? Verse 2. We allow the Word of God, the pure milk of the, of the Word, to be part of our lives, and that is what is required if we are to be like Jesus. Are you there? Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that it, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Like newborn babes, newborn infants. It's been a while since Connie and I have had an infant in our home. Our youngest will be 32 this year. In fact, this week he will turn 32. And you know, it's real easy to forget what infants are like. I'm convinced that if women remembered how bad childbirth was, They'd only have one. Some of you going, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's those who are going, yeah, 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 like this. They had more than one, so you forgot. But not only is childbirth a challenge, God said it would be because that was part of the curse back in Genesis chapter 3. The care of an infant is a challenge. Right? Craig's going, yeah, I know, I got one of them in my house, yeah. They either want changed, or they want to be held, or they want to eat. 
Right? And they always want to eat. It's a continual process. My son has two children. Parker, who will be four the first of July, and Avery, who's just five months old. The other day, Parker was wanting something from his mom. And his mom, whose name is Rachel, said, Parker, just relax. In a few minutes, I'll take care of it for you. I need to feed your sister, Avery. Parker thought for about that long and said, Why? She just ate yesterday. <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. May I ask you, how often do you spirit, get spiritual nourishment in your life? Hmm? I don't need a day. I just ate yesterday. I don't need it tomorrow. I'm going to eat next Sunday. How often? As newborn infants desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow by it. We've been born again, according to Peter. Chapter 1, verse 23. By the living and abiding word of God. And verse 25, as we read this morning, it's the word of the Lord that remains forever. We need to long for, we need to crave, we need to desire the pure milk of the word. Why? That we might grow up, that we might mature, that we might increase and develop to be more like Jesus. My wife is a good cook. I enjoy most everything that she fixes. Yesterday I got home and she had fixed some muffins out of almond butter. She'd fixed several varieties. Some of them had chocolate. Some of them were plain. Some of them had almonds in them. She said, Tom, I fixed this. If you ever go on a 21-day fix, this is something that you can eat and enjoy. I said, let me try one. You know the one I picked first? Chocolate. Now, I think on my 21-day fix, I'm only allowed one, but. So, I'm, I'm eating this chocolate, almond butter muffin brownie thing. And Connie says to me, shall I keep the recipe? I said, let me try another one. <laughs> I said, the jury's still out. Let me try another one. The one with almonds is better than the one with chocolate. But as newborn babes, you know, the milk of the word never gets any better. It is wonderful. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. It doesn't get any better than truth. 
the word which has been given to us by God is desired to help us be like Jesus. Amen? Now you say, well, I don't understand everything in the, in the book. Mark Twain said this. Many people are troubled by the passages in the Bible that they do not understand. I am most troubled by those that I do understand. <laughs> huh? Huh? You know, we worry so much about what is there that we might not understand because God has not revealed it to us. Let's just get on and live out the things that we do understand. And if we do, we're going to be okay. Right? When I was a kid, in the flyleaf of my Bible, I had this statement. Perhaps you've had it in your Bible. This book will keep me from sin or sin will keep me from this book, right? And that's what Peter is telling us. As newborn infants, just like a baby, desire the pure milk of the Word because that's how you're going to grow and be like Jesus. You can't grow and be like Jesus without it. And that's the way God designed it to work in our lives. And what do we discover? We discover refreshment. God is good all the time. And that's what Peter says. If indeed you've tasted, if you've discovered it, you'll discover that the Lord is gracious. Amen. No matter what's happened in our lives, we can sing hallelujah. Thanks so much, Katie. No matter what is taking place, we know that God is good all the time. We know that no matter what our struggles are, He is faithful to guide and direct us through the struggles. And we know that all things will be worked together by Him to challenge us and change us and conform us to the character of Christ. And what is that? That's being like Jesus no matter what's going on in your life, if you're like Jesus, it's going to be okay, and it will be okay. Amen? Huh? And so our four parts, our four steps, God's plan is that we, first of all, receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Have you done that this morning? Isn't it great to be a Christian? You guys don't sound near as excited as I am. There's nothing better than being a child of God. Amen. Amen. Born again into the family of God. Right? Now, we need to repent from our sin. Yeah, that's part of it. When I find myself walking away from Jesus, I need to snuggle back up to him. And the requirement is God's word. That's how I do it. So that I can be refreshed. And know that the Lord is good. He is gracious. The Lord is good. Tell it wherever you go. The Lord is good. Tell it that others may know. Tell of his blessing and tell of his love. Tell how he's coming from heaven above. The Lord is good. Tell it wherever you go. Amen? To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, my desire 
to be like him. 